Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. Welcome to the Less Stressed Life podcast. This is your host, Krista Bigler, private practice integrative nutritionist, helping people across the U.S. reverse digestive issues, eczema, and autoimmunity via phone and video consult. To learn more, visit lessstressednutrition.com. Now, on to the show. Okay, today on The Less Stress Life, we have Noor Zibda. Noor is a functional and integrative dietitian, author, and speaker, and a great friend. And she specializes in nutritional therapy and coaching for digestive conditions, thyroid and hormone imbalances, autoimmune diseases, food sensitivities, chronic fatigue, migraines, and headaches. She's authored two books, The Complete Acid Reflux Diet Plan, Easy Meal Plans and Recipes to Heal GERD and LPR, and The Detox Way, Everyday Recipes to Feel Energized, Focused, and Physically and Mentally Empowered, which includes more than 100 real food detox-boosting gluten and dairy-free recipes. Thank you for joining us, Noor. Thanks for having me, Krista. Yeah. Excited to be here. So we've got a an acid reflux expert really is what we've got here on the line today. And so we're going to pick Nora's brain about acid reflux. She's going to tell us all about it. So before um, we jump in, let's quantify. Uh, So we don't want to be throwing around acronyms like people know what's going on, right? GERD, LPR. Let's talk about what is acid reflux? What's going on? How does it feel? Yeah, so acid reflux is when you have, so you have acid in your stomach, we need it to digest food to part of the digestive uh, normal process. And acid reflux is when the stomach juices and stomach content, including hydrochloric acid, which has a low pH. So like if we remember from chemistry, acid is um, lower pH. Um, It just starts to reflux up in the esophagus. So the stomach is designed and has a lining that can handle this acidic environment. Um, But then the esophagus is not meant to um, have that. So when the stomach content starts to go up, that's acid reflux. Pretty much acid is refluxing up. And then um, GERD is when that starts to happen frequently, uh, multiple times in the week, and it becomes a chronic condition. Then um, sore people get the diagnosis that they have uh, GERD, which is gastroesophageal reflux disease. Okay, got it. So... This is how, so it can be occasional and it can be common, right? So let's talk about that. At what point is it like, okay, I mean, do you think, how common do you think this is for one? And then two, I mean, how do we, how do we decide, oh, is this going to be like a long-term thing that sticks around? I mean, 
why do you think it manifests? Yeah, I mean, so if we are to look at um, GERD as the disease, it's estimated that 18 to 28% of Americans have it. Um, and actually what people don't know is that they there are people who get hospitalized for GERD, like about 4.7 million people. That was the last statistic in 2010. So it is a, um, can be a serious condition. Um, so, you know, sometimes people experience it occasionally here and there, but it, when it is, you know, becomes multiple times in a week, two to three times a week when you experience it, um, it becomes severe. So like some of the symptoms that we know, it um, you feel a warm sensation in the upper part of the stomach, like under right under your rib cage, a warm feeling. There sometimes people feel the burn. Sometimes um, they feel chest pain, and that often can get confused with um, heart issues. Um, and uh, so, so that's where people like you you want to reach out to um, you know, especially if you're worried about other conditions to to know. Is this a heart issue or is this a reflux? We don't want the damage to happen in the esophagus. So if you have it once in a month and you know you have it when you eat too much greasy food or pizza or you overeat, then um, then it's not a chronic condition. But when you're experiencing it multiple times in a week um, and when you, you know, sometimes people are not able to um, sleep, they have to recline their bed and it's, they wake up at night. Um, some of the symptoms of acid reflux can actually um, travel to the throat. So coughing, trouble swallowing, um, vomiting sometimes, um, post-nasal drip, that can mean that the acid reached the um, throat and can have problems there, sensitivity in your teeth. Or if you, if your dentist tells you that they see acid erosion or damage to your teeth, um, the, the mouth is connected to the ear canal. So if you start having burning sensation in your ears anytime you have anything with a little bit of citrus, so that is a sign that, okay, this is, has, has advanced and uh, something that you definitely want to seek medical help for. Super interesting. So the consequences here are that not only is it eroding, the acid is eroding the esophagus, which doesn't have the type of tissue that the stomach has to protect itself. It's also getting into ear canals, etc. Talk to me. Can you tell me a little bit more about how it creates post-nasal drip? Because um, in my brain, I'm thinking, uh, is that just like <clears throat> a little bit or is there something else to it? Yeah, I mean it's it's the mucus. It's the 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 acids sitting lingering in the throat. So yeah, like if uh, some people experience coughing, so I have people who tell me who who I work with, they're like, I'm coughing all the time. I go get a chest X-ray. There's nothing in my lungs. I don't have uh, like a bacterial or viral infection. It's been happening for two months. It'll come sudden out of nowhere, or um, you know, I'll be in meetings and I can't stop the coughing. That's when. You know, we want to consider. We, we all we always want to consider it could be acid reflux um, uh, damage. Um, sometimes it happens. Uh, you wake up with it because the acid has been accumulating overnight um, mm-hmm. in the throat. And if it's um, you know if if, uh, if you haven't reclined your bed, like if you don't, if you're sleeping flat and you don't realize it's acid tissue uh, or acid damage, then you may wake up um, in the morning having like hoarse voice and. Um, and as, as you're demonstrated, like trouble coughing and clearing your throat. Mm. Some people tell me they have trouble swallowing as well, too, because there's so much acid um, in the in the throat area. Okay. Well, that was one of the questions I had for you. So I want to talk about the different forms of reflux. 
the the other type in addition to GERD or the more obvious one when you kind of know you're having reflux. But first, since you were just talking about trouble swallowing, I had this conversation just yesterday with someone where there's also this other condition we were talking about it off air, um, EOE, that will also create trouble swallowing. So how does someone kind of know the difference? Yeah, so, so you know, kind of to the, there is the obvious symptoms of heartburn and acid reflux, which is in the stomach. And then the other condition often called um, silent acid reflux is because it doesn't really have stomach burning sensation. You just feel it all in your throat. So it's silent because most people don't connect it to the gut, don't connect it to the stomach, and they could live years with acid reflux damage. Uh, we know that could lead to a condition called Barrett's esophagus, which is having scarring in the esophagus. And a certain percentage of people eventually um, develop cancer. And so, you know, we don't know the predictive future, but we know that there that's the type, like the, that may be something if you leave this uh, without being um, managed or diet treated or, you know, whatever the choice um, when that comes um, but EOE is thinophilic esophagitis, thinophils, which is our white blood cells, <clears throat> they're accumulating in the throat as a reaction to something. It's an immune reaction. So we often know that the common aid allergens, such as wheat, shellfish, fish, um, um, peanuts, nuts, can cause eosinophils um, to accumulate in the throat, but it can also be acid reflux damage. So really the way to distinguish this when I've worked with my patients is going um, an endoscopy, like the GI doctor is the one who you know, went with a scope and they can see, do they see the white blood cells accumulating in the throat or do they see the acid damage or the scarring? And so I think this is where something we, you know, for someone if, if they want to kind of try, maybe they could follow a, a low acid or acid reflux appropriate diet. And if that helps, then that is something. Um, it's a clue. It's never a real diagnosis or ruling out anything, but it's a clue and they can go to their doctor and reach out and, and let's share this with them. Um, but if they try an acid reflux um, diet and our meal plan and that doesn't help, then it may be something else. Um, and it's, it's um, I, I never discourage anybody from getting a consult with a GI doctor because it's always helpful to rule out things and then we can kind of progress with a diet or supplements uh, with, a, with more knowledge. Right. Um, and yeah. You, you did a good job of going over a lot of things there. So I'm going to recap because, I mean, GERD, we, we see it on for what it is, right? We think of it as this kind of like, oh, this common disease, it's almost normal. But what you're saying, and I just wanted to harp on this for a second, is that there can be underlying things going on, right? So uh, upper GI infections, different types of infections on the upper GI that would really trigger or make these worse. Um, maybe some some bacterial overgrowth in certain parts of the, of the GI tract or, um, you know, essentially that. It just kind of depends. There's, there's multiple types, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I and I'm, thank you so much for bringing that up because a lot of times people think that, okay, well, as a reflex is upper GI, it's not related to anything. And when we have to think holistically of our body, your mouth is connected to the esophagus, to the stomach, to the small and large intestines. And so what happens downstream in the gut is going to affect upstream, and then what happens in the stomach will affect downstream. So a lot of times, acid reflux does not exist on its own, that it can be uh, caused by infections in the small intestine or even infection in the stomach, like having H. pylori, um, which is a bacteria common in 50% of the population. 
So, so there may be underlying causes. I also find that there could be food sensitivities making acid reflux worse. So a low acid diet um, can help, but there may be, um, that's why in my book, I actually um, remove fermentable carbohydrates, which can feed bacterial um, overgrowth and uh, try to look at the gut from a holistic perspective. So it can be caused by other things. It, it could be just um, a sign that there's something else more serious happening. And this kind of the acid reflux is, you know, appreciate that as the the, the little pain or the hint or the trigger that's sometimes uh, beneficial for us to kind of think about our gut and our health and wonder like, What's going on down there that I'm not seeing? And that's just a sign starting to show up in the form of acid reflux. Totally. So the I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. You might not know the answer to this, but I will say before we move on to an, another piece of this is that you mentioned H. pylori being very common in the stomach, but figuring out that someone has that isn't always simple. I routinely have people tell me I tested negative for that. I have laser etched in my memory a man I used to work with when I worked in conventional care for eight years and I saw him routinely on dialysis and he always had nausea, trouble gaining weight. I mean, it was more of an extreme case and he would be in and out of positive H. pylori diagnoses. And long story short, it, the story doesn't necessarily matter, but that was a good laser etching in my memory because I really think he never completely got over it because the symptoms didn't really go away. The test just tested negative, but symptoms can sometimes speak louder. I mean, test diagnoses are very important, but sometimes you have to listen to those symptoms and kind of follow follow the intuition there a little bit as well. Well, so just throwing that in there. Yeah, and and um, you know we need to treat or care for the patient, not for the lab. So you're absolutely right. Right, I love that. Okay, so let's go back. You were talking about Barrett's esophagus earlier, and not saying everyone ends up with that. You just to recap, we were talking about when we've got things refluxing, we can damage tissue. Right, the esophagus isn't able to take care. I mean, it's not, it's not made for this acid like the stomach is. So we can get this acid damage. There's things that can happen long-term, but can you repair that tissue? And so you can soothe it and, and improve it, you know? So let's say like you halt GERD or you really significantly reduce the reflux. Are you able to then repair the tissue so it's not so raw? Um, well, it's possible, right? With the right healing uh, nutrients, we know that there are certain nutrients that help repair the gut lining. Um, if in theory, your the lining of the gut repairs every three to four days. Um, so, if you have the right nutrition, if you calm down the inflammation, you choose the right foods, you remove. Um, you know, I mean, if you think about it, is the 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 damage happens every time you get exposed to acid. So, you know, acidic food and acid by itself, like you know. The, the fruits, pineapple, strawberries, citrus food, they shouldn't be hurtful. They shouldn't be damaging because they should flow through the esophagus that is completely beautifully um, healed and, and um, um, they, they don't cause any acid damage. Unfortunately, is when you have the acid from the stomach refluxing. What happens with acid with um, Barrett's esophagus is that now you have the acid, you have the pepsin enzyme, which should stay in the stomach, is... Um, ingrained in the lining of the, the esophagus. So anytime you eat anything acidic, now that activates the pepsin enzyme and it starts to eat up your cells in the esophagus. So, you know, think about it um, this way. It's like you have, you have crab um, that 
are flushing from the stomach to the esophagus and now they're eating up the lining every time you get exposed to acid. So if we can calm down the um, inflammation by taking out acidic foods for a short period of time, adding some healing nutrients, things like aloe, um, licorice root, um, you know, potentially if someone has food sensitivities, let's take those out of the picture. Let's look at all of the gut and see, are there any um, pathogens? Because, you know, we have to think of, okay, what is making the acid or in the stomach juices reflux up. We have a muscle called the LES or the lower esophageal sphincter, and these separate the esophagus and the stomach. So now when they're loose or when there's too much pressure from the stomach, whether that's from being overweight or um, but sometimes pregnancy, some women experience um, acid reflux because there's more pressure in the abdomen. Um, or maybe there is bacterial overgrowth and now the bacteria is creating more gases and these are pushing the stomach content up. Um, some people have hernia. Um, some people have a looser muscle, like, you know, a lot of them, as with aging, you know, some of our body functions don't work the way they're supposed to. Um, so, so we also have to think of, okay, what's making the acid travel up? And let's look at the root causes, try to fix those, resolve those one at a time, and we could potentially reverse the damage. Um, we wouldn't be able to know that like a scope would be able, somebody who has barrett esophagus, they should probably you know, follow up with their GI doctor and get um, at a frequency that they can determine with their doctor, like how often they need to check that. Um, but, uh, you know, I always feel like with the right tools, they're always, always hopeful for uh, reversing a condition. Yes. I think those last two minutes were pure gold. If you want to rewind and go listen to them again, Nora was saying taking out acidic foods. I'm going to give us a chance to talk a little bit more, like re refresh about the foods that may be a little bit of an issue because you mentioned them quickly, but let's go back to them in a moment. So taking out things that might be causing some stress, adding things in that might um, be soothing or uh, kind of quell the pain and then making sure you're addressing root causes. And then you also talked about how the lower esophageal sphincter is kind of the, the magic man here because that is softening for some reason and then acid is coming up. And you also mentioned some important pieces. So if we gain weight and we have more reflux, if we're pregnant because, you know, we have pressure, we have more reflux or hernia. Also, I always think about you can look at things kind of nutritionally, you can think about them physically. So you gave us kind of both of that a little bit. You gave us the physical manifestations too. Let me go back before we get to solutions with, with food and whatnot. Um, talk to me about how GERD is normally treated. Yeah. So, I mean, think of um, what GERD is. Most people, they experience some heartburn or reflux. They may pick up um, Tums or any other acid balancing. So if we think of the... The available treatment options, you have, um, you could balance the acid. So if you have too much acid, you, uh, those capsules or tablets, they have calcium bicarbonate, which is a base. So acid plus base um, creates water. So you're balancing the acid. You're not interfering with the stomach's ability to produce acid. And then you have um, two kinds of medication. They are available over the counter and there is prescription. So the first one is called H2 blocker, which is histamine type 2 blocker. And the other one is proton pump inhibitors. And both of them, they interfere, like they stop your stomach from producing um, acid. Um, the H2 blockers are the ones that were came first to the market. Um, they are, are less effective as a PPIs, but they're also less damaging. Um, but both of them actually um, suppress the acid production. So the conventional or the typical um, thought process, okay, if I have acid reflux, that means I have too much acid, let me suppress it. 
Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's something I've always believed in and I try to show and, and explain to people in my book. You need the acid. It's not that you have too much acid. It's that you have acid refluxing. You have acid going in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. And actually, a lot of people with acid reflux may have not enough acid production. So food doesn't get digested, doesn't get, doesn't pass down. Uh, they may have a motility issue or muscle contractions. Um, their, their stomach is not um, digesting properly, pushing the food out properly. So now it sits too long in the stomach, and that could create more opportunities for it to reflux up. So the typical is like people, you know, may consider getting a um, an, an acid balancing tablet, and if that does not work, they may go and get medication. So, um, you know, if you're okay with sharing names, like some people may go get some Zantac, which is like an H2 blocker, and that's available, um, you know, on the counters. And there is Nexium and Prilosec, which is a PPI. And they are available on, um, you know, you can go to any drugstore and get those. Now, the problem with that is is um, these medications are not supposed to be used long term. Mm-hmm. We need the acid for proper digestion of proteins, of carbohydrates, because it, it was mostly proteins, but it starts the whole digestion process. So if you have a problem upstream, then it's going to affect everything downstream. Um, we need the, um, the acidity to be able to absorb key nutrients like vitamin B12, iron, selenium, zinc, and then, you know, you could end up with nutrient deficiencies. They have been, um, uh, some researchers linking PPIs and acid um, suppressing medications with osteoporosis and bone density uh, reductions. So that's serious. That's a serious condition if you are taking this especially long term. Mm-hmm. And um, I always explain the acid is a bouncer. Like you're you're at a club and it's for not doesn't want everybody mm-hmm. to get in. So that's a, that's also not that I go clubbing, but I just see that at TVs, right? So TV shows. So um, you know the the acid is there to protect us. We cannot live in a bubble, so we are going to get pathogens and bacteria and parasite from our food, from air, and the acid is going to kill those bacteria. It's going to um, the acidity is to keeping the gut sterile from potentially damaging pathogens. So now you have uh, interfered with that. The stomach is not acidic as it should be. And now you potentially have the opportunity for H. pylori to grow and for you to pick up pathogens from the lettuce or from anything that could be contaminated in our environment. So we could have long-term damage. They have been um, finding that um, PPI medications are connected to increased uh, three times more the risk of developing pneumonia because we know that it um, produces the, um, you, you potentially have more bacteria growing in the esophagus, in the stomach, and the body is connected. There's that tube that they share, they share the throat. Um, so you are more likely to develop pneumonia and um, C. diff infections. And, you know, another interesting statistic is that a lot of people who get admitted to the hospital, they automatically, um, you know, get PPI medications. Mm-hmm. And we already know that, you know, hospital-acquired pneumonia is a problem. So you, you can get that uh, as a community problem is that we are increasing the risk for infections that are not necessary if we if we overuse these medications. That was so much gold right there. I This is like kind of a, a bone for me. <laughs> and like I think this might be one of the biggest travesties in GI health is I'm a big fan of people being able to improve their condition on their own. But when we can buy things over the counter that have long-term, like that don't really consider the downstream long-term effect or where Nor's favorite word, mine willy nilly, just putting things in and not considering, you know, what the other pieces of this are. Because 
every every cause has an effect, right? So anything you put in is going to have an effect. You want those ripple effects to be positive, not negative, ideally, which is what we see often here. And my favorite analogy for this is like the college kid that leaves the pizza out overnight and then like comes in and eats it. But it's actually not that, you know, it's not that profound. That's my favorite, favorite funny thing where acid is like the buffer or the bouncer. It's going to keep the, it's going to kill then the pathogens. But my, uh, you know, it's not always that crazy. It's it's lettuce, you know, cyclospora is common in lettuce in, in certain times of the year. I mean, that's like, that's like common knowledge in infectious disease world that maybe the everyday public doesn't know. But so it is really important to have this bouncer in your gut. So thanks for talking. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks for giving so much to that. That's awesome. This is where you stop and you go send this audio to a friend with reflux now, and uh, they will thank you for it. So let's talk about what people can do instead. Because this, sucks so people just want a quick solution and truly i mean we can have some we can make some major improvements by manipulating food early on is that right Mm -hmm. absolutely but if you don't mind me just kind of uh, putting Mm -hmm. it out there because somebody's watching this is if you are on acid reflux medication don't just stop it right because um you are you may have a, a, a your body will overcompensate and overproduce um acid um hydrochloric acid so that could actually be a lot more painful and damaging so talk to your doctor i I never want anybody to discontinue a medication if it's a prescription talk to them about weaning off like what is your healing plan how are we going to reverse this so that you can slowly wean off the medication and if it's not a prescription um just think twice before you pick up a a, a box and 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 think that it's harmless because it's not um so that's just kind of uh, the key thing so how are we going to reverse that how are we going to fix that um, you know, as I share in my book and I tell people, like, the common things, like, let's remove the acidic food, let's remove the lemon and the tomato and the spicy foods um, and the citrus foods like um, strawberries and pineapple can be, uh, for a lot of people, um, 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 sort of um, irritating. Um, and uh, we know that um, coffee can loosen the LES, uh, lower esophageal muscle. Um, coffee can actually increase the production of um uh, acid or uh, hydrochloric acid. So that can be a problem. So maybe switching to decaf coffee or removing coffee completely. Sometimes tea can be a problem for people. So I would say in addition to the acidic foods, removing tea, coffee, and also onion and garlic can be a problem. Now in my book, I, on top of that, I remove carbohydrates that tend to feed the pathogens. So I kind of went with the assumption that, you know what, most people are going to have bacterial overgrowth, whether it's in the stomach or in the um, small intestine. So let me also help them reduce that um, gas and the bloat and the, the gas production on the stomach, the abdomen area that could um, create that pressure. And then we do a, a reintroduction. So we start reintroducing things one at a time and uh, we see how that helps. So I do actually take out um, wheat, um, high um, foods like a lot of grains can create fermentation. Certain fruit um, can create fermentation in the gut. So I took those out in the plant. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, very helpful. So you can definitely learn more in the book about the food. Now, I have to I have to ask this question. Are stress and reflux related? 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, it's so funny. It's like, what is stress that what is not related to stress um when we are stressed out the body goes into fight or flight it does not want to digest food we need to pump up uh, blood to our heart and lungs and, and muscles because we're going to run for our life 
So that means automatically shuts down acid uh, digestion. Um, so that shuts down, I mean, we want acid to digest food. So that immediately shuts the stomach digestion, gut motility, st- uh, small intestine um, uh, digestion, enzyme production. So yes, we need to um, talk about lifestyle, like eating slowly, um, taking your time to transition between one activity to another, to not eat and drive and talk and run meetings at the same time. Um, you know, this is very important. Sometimes I tell people, take a five-minute break, time out, like time out to yourself so you can breathe and, and just kind of prepare for the meal. Um, a lot of lifestyle things like getting enough sleep, um, going to bed at a reasonable time, not pushing your meal towards the end of the day and, and having some time for your body to digest the meal. So we can have another whole episode on, on stress and how that affects the, <laughs> the digestive system. You bet. Okay, Nora, yeah. if you could leave people yeah. with, with one thing today, what's your gut reaction? What What's the parting words if someone feels like you're speaking to them today? Yeah, that, you know what, let's let's look at it from the inside out. Let's heal from the inside out. Acid reflux does not exist on its own. Um, it's not uh, like a linear, I have acid, let me take an acid suppressing medication for you to enjoy and your health and your body that you were uh, uh, given that um, let's look at things from the inside out. It may take time to heal. It's a little bit more work, but the the, the reward is our, our, the rewards are so much worth it at the end. Yeah, totally. Nora, where can people find you? Yeah, so you can reach me at my website. It's uh, norazibdeh.com, N-O-U-R-Z-I-B-D-E-H. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Um, I'm sure you can share links for direct links for those. Um, my book is on Amazon, so you can um, look it up, the Complete Acid Reflux Diet Plan, um, and it should show up in the source page. It's on the fourth or fifth book on Amazon. I love it. This is a great episode. I am charging you guys to really go share this because we know that uh, you know almost one in five Americans have this condition, and we want people to be empowered and have great knowledge and be able to... Um, not just suppress it, but to kind of, to kind of deal with it in, in a more optimal way. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I do have, like, if people are wondering about why this is happening, I do have a free download on my website, um, just to kind of get people to ask the right questions. Like, is it this, is it that, like, it doesn't really solve anyone's problems, but a lot of us just, a lot of people are not sure what direction to take when it comes to their health. So I'm happy to share that as well. Sure. I love that. I think I might even have the link. I think it's norzibda.com forward slash real causes. If not, we'll get the link correct in the show notes and people can grab it there too. Excellent. Yes. Cool. Thanks so much, Nora. I had a great time and I hope everyone listening found it beneficial as well. Thank you. Thanks so much, Krista, for having me. One of the best gifts you could give us at The Less Stressed Life is your feedback. We are paid in podcast reviews. If you enjoyed this or any other episode, please leave us a review. In the iTunes store or from your podcast app, just search for Less Stressed Life as if you're not already subscribed. Click on the banana face image, scroll to the bottom where it shows the text of other reviews, and write a review. While you're there, hey, make sure you hit subscribe. For Android or Stitcher users, you gotta go to the desktop site and search for Less Stress Life and then scroll down to leave a review. Stitcher doesn't load Apple reviews on their site, so if you want, you can leave a review in both places. Your feedback means a lot to the success of the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that. You rock. 